0: Hello everyone, welcome to another new episode of ESL Talk. We are powering ahead with season six, We're well, actually almost at the end of season six. Uh, we do have one more little surprise up our sleeve and one more episode, so hopefully you can join us for that episode next week. But in this week's episode, we're gonna talk about the power and influence of your voice in the teaching environment. So we have our special guest, Josh, who is a teacher from the US, currently living in Minsk in Belarus. And he's gonna talk to us about how we can use our voice and how we can use it to better teach our students. And we're gonna talk about the nuances of voice and the impact that it can have on teaching. So Josh has a lot of experience in this area. So look forward to that interview with Josh where he can share his insights and his knowledge on this topic. So before we get into today's interview with Josh, just a couple of shout outs and a couple of reminders. First of all, if you're not following us on Instagram, please do give us a follow at ESL talk podcast. There you can get upcoming uh, news and find out about our new um, episodes as they come up, find out a little bit more about our guests as well and also interact with us on the podcast. And then of course, you can go to our website, esl-talk.com. Here you can access all our previous episodes for free. And most importantly, you can click the link at the top of the page, be a guest, fill in a few details about yourself, And we'll reach out to you for a future episode or we can interview you and you can share your passion for whatever it might be teaching related. Um, We always love to um, hear from potential new guests and, um, you know, obviously hear what they have to say and their contribution as well to the community. So please make sure to do that if you haven't already. And just finally, before we get into today's interview with Josh, don't forget our sponsor esl-curriculum.com, which is crystal clear ESL. 750 plus and counting interactive lessons, materials, games, and curricula available for you as an online teacher. You can literally just pick a lesson for your level for whatever it is you're teaching. It's ready to go. It's prepared. It comes with homework tasks. The lessons are interactive. Um, I have personally used them and found them to be amazing. You can get started with an entirely free two-week trial just by visiting esl-curriculum.com check them out and do use them because they're a real lifesaver for us as online teachers. So let's get Josh in for the interview and let's hear about the power and influence of your voice in the teaching environment. Here we go. All righty. Welcome, Josh. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast.
3: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Yes. Today we're talking about the power and influence of your voice in the teaching environment. So first of all, Josh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, kind of how you got involved in teaching and how you first started to understand the influence of voice and how this can help you with your teaching?
3: Well, I am an American was born and raised in Virginia and always desired to be Involved with helping people, as I looked and searched of ways that I could be most effective, I found that specifically ESL type ministries um, it really gives opportunity to help people who need and want to learn another language and often don't have the opportunity or availability to. As far as how it experienced me. Um, as a native English teacher. Boy, I tell you, um, the voice is extremely critical in your speaking. Uh, I went just a few weeks ago and lost my voice, which is something that happens oh, no. in the fall and once in the spring. Right. And I'll tell you, it is so critical. You can't teach without a voice. You can't teach without a voice. Your voice is the most critical aspect sometimes. You can use slides, you can do interactions, but if you can't communicate to the listeners and to your students, you're uneffective ineffective.
0: hundred percent. yeah, I agree. I think your voice, not even just what you say, how you say it, how you use stress, intonation, formality, all those little things that you don't even consciously think about these can really affect um, the outcomes for our class and for our students as well. Now, um could you share a specific instance where you noticed uh, an impact you know of your voice on a student's learning experience how how does this help students so what have you done in the past specifically about your voice
3: you know for for many years I taught adults and you know I taught hundreds and hundreds of adults but then I started getting involved with teaching some beginners first graders second graders some younger kids and I really began to real to realize that My voice is critical. You have to maintain a calm voice. You have to maintain a consistent reaction to things that happen. You're in a group of six or eight second graders. Some of them want to be there. Some of them are there because their parents want them to be there and different things like that. You have to be a calming presence to them no matter what. You have to be consistent in your reactions to them. Your voice is critical in how they'll respond to you. I remember one student I had in the spring of this year, and he had had issues with many, many other teachers in the past. Of course, only second grade, but he'd been in English from kindergarten and then first grade, and they switched teachers to me in the second half of the of mm-hmm. his second grade year. And he, they said, he just wasn't responding to his to his teachers, and so I kind of observed one classroom before he came over with me. First thing I noticed is he was getting fussed at. You know, he completely shut down the moment the teacher raised his, their voice. I do not ascribe to the to the concept of the, the teaching style of yelling at students. I consider it completely ineffective. Yes. If you, as soon as, And so when I saw that, I was like, oh, man, I can help this guy. I can help this kid and when he came to my class in the first few weeks he, he's acting up but i noticed as we got to know each other he became a little more comfortable that he saw i'm not going to raise my voice at him i'm not going to yell at him and he began to pursue himself trying to make me happy and that wasn't my goal but he saw oh he's not going to get mad at me and his voice is going to respond to me in kind words and kind manners and all consistent ways and It just tremendously impacted his whole learning experience the rest of the spring.
0: That's awesome. That's amazing. I I love that story. It's a nice anecdote and and it goes to show as well, like we want to create a safe environment. we want to create a, you know, a a positive environment where students can learn now in your situation with grade schoolers, like there's going to be situations where, like you said, students don't want to be there. They want to act up. They want to mess around. Sure and you can use your voice in effective ways to help control that. But I want you to tell me about some strategies that you can employ to maintain a clear and engaging voice in the classroom. Um, Again, I think engaging is a key word here. And, And again, what do you do when there are students who maybe are not listening, they're not doing what they're supposed to, and other teachers might shout or raise their voice or get annoyed, but you wouldn't do that. So how would you do this differently?
3: I really tried to I really tried to connect with the with each individual student, and it's really critical in the grade school ages that they see me as like a, a uncle or you know a, a grandfather, maybe to some of them not quite that old. But <laughs> if I can if I can engage with them and connect with them, and they see that I'm here to help them, I'm here to encourage them. I'm not going to get upset at them. I'm going to be there, I'm going to be their friend. I want to be their biggest cheerleader. Of course, I'd never be a cheerleader, but I want to be their cheerleader. You know, yeah, to let them course. know, they can do anything. Right. And right. you know, I've seen students that were about ready to quit English, learning English. And, and I have one lady as example, seven years later, she's an English teacher. And the encouragement I think is much more effective than any mm. yelling could ever could ever be.
0: For sure, for sure. And you, you, you have that power to inspire, to change people's perceptions and ideas, not just about your class, but about the language, about the subject. So these are some huge wins that you can definitely do. And like, I think I spoke recently at a university. I was very fortunate to be invited to speak to a group of university students in Mexico. And I was talking to them about the power they have as teachers and the the positive changes they can make. And they really, understood that. And, and, you know, it's about kind of helping it. Like you said, using your voice to guide, to support, to encourage instead of using it mm. as a tool for kind of, you know, discipline, which maybe doesn't work well for most students, especially younger ones. Um, it's a yes. bit, bit of an issue. Yeah. So what about in terms of cultural differences? So, you know, I know you've had a lot of experience across different cultures and backgrounds and diversity in students. Well, so, ha- yeah, go ahead.
3: Oh, this is something that especially with adults, Mm -hmm. I have taught groups of adults where they're from four or five different countries in the same classroom. Right. And I remember one of my first years teaching internationally. I had a student from Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan Mm -hmm. in the same classroom, and they both came to my director with the same same questions. One of them said, I don't I, I can't be under Josh's teaching because he doesn't raise his voice enough he doesn't he doesn't seem passionate enough about teaching enough and to him, wow. passion well passion to him was raising my voice and almost yelling because i mm-hmm. was a, mm-hmm. the teaching spot. Yeah. and then this other lady from kazakhstan came to the director i don't know what time it was he came to me we had a meeting and she sure. said he's 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 getting angry too much he's 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 you know raising his voice too much i was like this literally the exact same classroom. Yeah. Two students from two different parts of the world, and I don't feel like I'm having any differences in any aspect sure, of sure. it. Sure, sure. And I asked my director. I said, "Well, what what am I doing wrong? What can I do to fix it?" He goes, "You have 18 students that absolutely love the way you're teaching, and you have two of them on opposite ends of the spectrum with these opposite." He said, "I would consider just keep on doing what you're doing." I it's like my second second semester teaching at his at his English school. He said, just keep doing what you're doing because if Mm -hmm. you find that the overwhelming majority are very pleased with what you're doing, then don't change it. He said, I guess just make sure when you're if you're going to interact with the man that he's understanding you. Maybe maybe he needs me to just speak louder Mm -hmm. because he's harder of hearing. And with the lady, make sure just be a little bit more soft and learn to adapt as you have the individual students. If you're going to talk or have a small a conversation with them, make sure you adapt to them as much as possible, but as a whole, mm-hmm. try to keep it on a um, middle level.
0: Right, right. That's a, that's a really interesting point there, because I think, you know, we again, we're not always aware or even conscious about how we use our voice and how we're perceived by students. So I think this is a really good way of, uh, of kind of hitting that home. Like, you know, different students from different cultures are going to respond differently. And even the first example you gave about by a second grader, like, don't shout at me. You're like, I'm not shouting at you. It's about perception, right? And and the way that we communicate the information. So in
3: what perception. So go
0: ahead. Yeah, perception. Perception Yeah, I was gonna say
3: so important. It is. Not just what you say, but how it's received.
0: Yes, how it's received as well. That's really important. So, in what ways does varying your tone help keep students engaged during lessons? So how how have you managed to to do this through your instruction with your tone of voice?
3: Well, your, your tone is, you have to adjust it to your age group, but then you also have to adjust it to the time of day. When I'm teaching in the evening and a lot of people are a little bit distracted, I have to make sure my tone is a little bit upbeat um, and a little bit almost perky, you might say, because I'm trying to keep them engaged in the classroom. Middle of the afternoon, I can just have more of a monotone, because the students are there to learn, there's no issues. First thing in the morning, you give me a, a group of third graders at nine o'clock in the morning, boy, I have to be extremely excited. Now I am not really that kind of person, but I know as a teacher, I have to go into this classroom, I have to be ready and I have to be that excited person so that when they come right. to see me, they're excited too. Because yes. the students will really mirror my my uh, own tone, they mirror my own voice and they mirror my own feelings
0: 100 yeah exactly you, you set the tone literally and figuratively you set yeah. the tone for the entire class and for the students and if you're coming into class at 8 a.m half asleep speaking slowly not really en- engaged or like even invested in what you're doing how are the students going to be invested in that so for sure it's not about being fake but it's about how can i communicate this information or this lesson material in the most positive effective way and you do that
3: through your tone and through your voice so yeah that's 100 true I have to adjust my my tone my voice mm-hmm. so that they can stay engaged
0: 100 yeah exactly and when it comes to accents you know again a lot of different students from different backgrounds how do you address those challenges with accents because that's going to affect a lot the way people speak varies like we have different phonology different linguistic features different mouth sounds different shapes that we make so how do you kind of, you know, what challenges have you encountered and how do you kind of resolve those challenges, Josh?
3: Well, i teaching mostly British English over here in Europe. I get people that say, well, that's not how I've heard it said. And I try and encourage them just because I say it differently doesn't mean yeah. I'm right or that I'm wrong. Right. And in America, we are kind of have this great sea of English speakers from all over the world because of that we've heard it said a million different ways sure and we've heard we understand different accents we understand mm-hmm. where they're from mm-hmm. but because of that we've we've trained our ears and so i always yes. encourage the students my voice and my accent might be different
1: mm-hmm. and i
3: encourage them listen to other people on youtube get some yeah you know, I, I got podcasts you can listen to there's mm-hmm. there's instagram channels you can follow that you mm-hmm. can hear different accents and the more you open yourself up to the different variations, the, mm-hmm. the, the greater your understanding of the English language is going to be. How do I change myself? Well, I don't sound like I'm from Virginia. If you heard me speaking to some of my family members, you'd say, you guys aren't even related. They exactly. have a very different, I don't know why. We're in yeah. The Same area, the same town, the same, you know, even neighbors yep but it's just different it's just yeah, different that's,
0: i can relate to that 100 percent josh i mean for me like i'm from the uk originally i've lived in canada for the last six seven years and like my accent has just become and then before that i was teaching in korea so it's like it's just neutralized and then it's taken a little bit of this a little bit of that so it's become something very different and sometimes global. people are like yes this is what i was gonna say this connects to this idea of global Englishes. so American accent, British accent, Canadian accent, Australian accent, they're all really useful, powerful tools to help learners to be aware of how we say different things, um, how we, you know, how we discuss different things and, and different vocabulary that we use. You know, we have that kind of that expression where we say potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Like that's kind <laughs> of a silly example, but it's it's the crux of, of what we're trying to say. Right. So it's um it's really, really poignant. Um, Josh, tell me, how do you adapt your voice to cater to different age groups and proficiency levels? We've touched on this a little bit, but proficiency, age groups, how would we tackle that?
3: I teach anywhere from beginners of children, beginners of adults, all the way up to English teachers that are not native speakers. Um, Boy, I tell you, you have to speak a lot slower and more clearly, over enunciate. To different groups. But if you were to take that same voice and that same tone and and use it towards the upper intermediate or the advanced levels, they would think you're crazy. You know, you can speak a little bit more naturally, still not as quickly as you might speak to a native speaker.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: And I always tell students I want to speak at a level that you're understanding me, but that for you, maybe it's a little bit challenging. But not sure. hard, because I want you to leave my classroom a little bit tired. Your brain's a little bit tired. You feel like you've learned something. If I'm speaking below your level, then I've not adapted my voice enough to mm-hmm. your age, to mm-hmm. your to your not necessarily even age level as it is your English level. Yes.
0: Do you do you consciously and, plan this or consider this or is it just something you've learned over time?
3: Yes, I do. One of the hardest things. Back five or six years ago, I taught back to back to back adults, three different groups, three different levels, elementary, Mm -hmm. intermediate and advanced. Mm -hmm. Right. And I had to, you know, you had about 10 minute break between each of the classes and I had to just kind of get to the mindset again. Okay, this is the group. These are the students. You know, I could, you know, because if I use the bigger words, the more advanced English in the wrong class it's gonna be trouble
1: sure and sure. so i'll
3: make sure in that 10 minutes i'll look over my material again make sure i've got i've already pre-highlighted things that are stuff i want to focus on whether it's words to learn or phrases or idioms and i really try to prepare as much as possible mentally because if i don't it's all going to go out the window
0: that's good to know I th- i think a lot of teachers might think, or they might they might say, well, I can just slow down. Well, well what does slow down actually mean? We need to yeah. consciously think about like how yeah. we do this and in what ways we do this. So I think that's a really good point. And it ties into this idea of pacing and rhythm. So how have you implemented pacing and rhythm to kind of create a more dynamic teaching environment? How would you use this?
3: Oh, well, when I first started teaching, that was one of the hardest things. I had to learn to slow down, to speak more clearly to speak more effectively, to use words that were going to get the point across in as few words as possible. And I learned in the different levels of the English, the rhythm and the flow in which I could use words. And if I would said a sentence too fast, two or three words too fast, it could ruin the whole sentence. And the students, they would miss it. So I had to learn to pace my words intentionally at times giving pauses between the words intentionally at times giving breaks making sure they're understanding before i continue yes. and yes. so but what's the challenge behind that is keeping the rhythm of the sentence of the paragraph of the thought mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. and so you have to be so self-aware of what you're going to say and so so you're so conscious of your students and your environment and who you're Mm -hmm. teaching and what you're trying to communicate to them.
0: Yeah, that's really important. And again, you know, I like that because I think uh, today I was actually working with a student on a presentation that they were doing, and it wasn't just, hey, practice reading. It was, let's stress this word. Let's say this word a little bit more slowly. Let's emphasize this phrase or this quote. So yeah, 100%. It's really key. And these are things that learners don't even realize they need to do. And once you actually make them aware of it and they're like, oh, I wish I could talk like you or I wish I could speak like you. I'm like, "Yeah, oh, it's about tone and rhythm and pace. And this is pronunciation and, and this is how we learn it. So it's
3: it's a really good intro. stressing words, stressing words really can make an impact.
0: So important. Yeah, it can totally change the whole message of a of an idea uh, for sure. A sentence. What about um, technology, Josh? Like, you know, now we're living in a in a time, scary time and exciting time. We have all these tools. AI is becoming a bit of a you know a bigger role in, in, in English um, teaching. So what are some technologies or tools that you found that help you with you know communicating your ideas in in spoken form?
3: I definitely use a lot of YouTube.
0: Yeah, that's a great, great resource, I think. YouTube podcasts, yeah.
3: Um, podcasts for the for the younger learners or for the young, the beginners often are just well ab- above their head once they right. hit an intermediate or upper intermediate level. I've got a lot of lists of podcasts. Yours is one of them. I'm recommending as well. It's especially as we get into advanced levels.
0: Thank you. To you.
3: We are living in such a great age and environment around this world to learn languages. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever had a greater opportunity. They can go mm-hmm. to YouTube and listen to a native speaker from almost any English speaking country in the world. Yes. Which is quite amazing actually.
0: Even 10 years ago, that was impossible. So yeah, hundred percent.
3: Yeah. Um, and so you got to take advantage of the podcast, the YouTube, um, even just listening to music, whether it's going to be Apple music, Spotify, Google music,
1: mm-hmm. and
3: there's a, a million ways, apps, applications, Babel, yes. so many other great ways you can learn a language yeah for sure
0: for sure i think even now with um you know with with ai and things as well like that's going to make this process even smoother and easier like there could be hopefully I, I think it's not too far off where i can go to whatever tool i'm using and type in you know tell me a story in this accent or i want to read or i want to find out more about this way of speaking and, and those tools will exist to help us do that another one i really like josh is UGlish. have you are you familiar with youglish
3: i have heard of it yes i've never used a really a nice
0: when I've used certain expressions or idioms or collocations where students are like, I don't, I don't, like I understand what you're saying, but what do you mean? How do you use it? We can put that into Youglish and it might find a clip from Friends or Seinfeld and it'll show it in oh, in cool. real time. So you can isolate it in context and be like, that's what it means. And it's not just the phrase, it's the tone, the pitch, the rhythm, right? So. And the video, all that stuff. And, that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's
3: great.
0: So it's a great tool as well for everyone. Um, tell me, Josh, how do you navigate this challenge of having a good presence um, through your voice? And, and what advice would you give to teachers who want to communicate more confidently and, and more powerfully when they're teaching?
3: Certainly, uh, there's a lot of things you can avoid to make sure your voice stays clean because you don't want your voice. You don't want to lose your voice. <laughs> I think you, you just got to be confident that you can give them the answers and you have to mm-hmm. be studying your class. You have to be studying your mm-hmm. students, your environment, and knowing what they need and how to effectively communicate it to them. I think so much of teaching is not just in the material, but in knowing the students and knowing yeah. the environment in which you're teaching. Uh, for me, one of the things that really helped me with my voice and with my teaching was learning another language. Yes,
0: 100%. Because I, think it's I started crucial. to
3: realize how I needed to learn and how I understood what the teacher said is not how I understood it at times or the way he yeah. said it. And so I, as, as I did that myself, I realized how I could implement those things into my own teaching as well.
0: Awesome, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. How can our audience follow you? How can we find out more about you, Josh, if we want to connect with you?
3: Well, I right now only have Instagram. I have a Instagram uh, English underscore Minsk un- underscore Josh and I've got a few a few videos and a few uh, posts on there but most of my students come through word of mouth offline and uh, online in groups i I have I have a YouTube account but I don't really use it very much I use it mostly for reposting good shows and good channels.
0: Awesome, that's amazing. I will definitely share that um, in the description. So if you want to connect with Josh on Instagram, I'll put the link below the episode description. That is it for our chat. Thank you so much, Josh, for taking time to speak to us today. Really appreciate it.
3: Thank you, have a great day.
0: Alrighty, Josh, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your insight on this topic. It, it was really interesting for me actually to to hear about the power of your voice and how it can improve you um, as a teacher. And I think it's something that is a little bit underrated and not really always considered that much as a teacher because we have so many other things to consider. So thank you for you know taking the time to, to teach us and, and to tell us about your story and your experience and, and how this has helped you improve um, as a teacher as well. So before we wrap up, we do have one more episode next week. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you're not subscribed already. As always, you can connect with us on Instagram at ESL Talk Podcast. You can also be a guest on a future episode just by going to the website, esl-talk.com. And that is it for another week. We are almost at Christmas. We're almost at the end of the year. We've got one more episode to come and it's going to be a doozy. So we will see you very soon. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great one. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even more ESL teaching content.